0: The Accidental Entrepreneurs brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board or Tab has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives and be sure to connect with our affiliate sponsor, GSM Growth Agency. They're boosting e-commerce businesses to six and seven figures in revenue and cover everything from ads and social media influencers to making your website better. GSM Growth Agency focuses on taking businesses from startup success to bigger success, going above and beyond to make sure growth sticks around. They're all about cool ideas, lasting partnerships, and making your mark in the e-commerce world. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. Some up, some people. Well, yeah, because you can't be everything to everybody. You can only there, see yeah. so many patients. You only yeah. have so much capacity. It's just right. the reality of, uh, yeah. yeah, I understand.
1: And so I looked at that and said, you know, that if I'm going to discriminate and I want to keep it small – the only way to, the one way to weed people out was just like, no, not going to, you can't come in, which right, was, you was, say, I'm
0: sorry, we're, we're at capacity,
1: right? Well, yeah. And to me, that was not what I wanted to do. I wouldn't say it's a bad idea, but for me, it's like, that makes no sense at all. Cause then you have somebody who's like, like, but I loved you. And this is my husband. And you're saying no to my husband. Right. It's like, well, how do I say no right. to them? Well, this is my sister. Or this is my brother-in-law. I mean, where do you draw the line? Yeah, a lot that of
0: stuff thing? came from referrals, right? From other people yeah, that report yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. the same problem. So we just raise fees. <laughs> it's like, you it can discriminate that That's way. It's like, you know, way to do it. Yeah, if you don't, if you have to pay to play, it wasn't, I wasn't, we aren't, you know, gouging people, but at some point, you know, like anything Especially
0: else. You're at the higher end of the market. So people would be like, you know what, it's not yeah. covered by insurance. Uh, maybe I should ha- go somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And they're right. always willing to come back and re- re- revisit that decision if they want to. Uh, so that allows right. to keep, that allows us to keep that, that whole thing small, which was, so that's how we kind of thwarted that growth. So we were at this point about five years ahead of time. And I looked and said, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to bring in an associate that wants to learn.
0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, We have a uh, interesting guest. Oh, as always, always great guests and a unique discussion about uh, the business side of, of professional practices. Uh, David's coming on. He's a dentist and talk about what he does to help other dentists with their practices. So if you are listening on your favorite uh, podcast directory, please leave us a five-star review whenever you can. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, like us, subscribe, so we can keep bringing the kind of content that uh, we've been able to do over the last four and a half years. So let's get on with the show. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention my name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. David Pierce and I spent the first 38 years of my dental profession as a clinical dentist doing surgical reconstructive and since then i have gone on to coach dentists on the business side and help them realize the same potential in their practice that i was able to and truly make people's lives different and i've written a couple books this year and excited about the, the future of dentistry
0: all right david pierce uh Dave, i forgot to ask you where where are you located
1: uh, we, my wife and I, uh, live between Florida and Montana, mm-hmm. so we have uh, one daughter in each place. We have uh, homes in both places. So right now, I'm calling, um, we're speaking from Florida. Actually, we're in Montana a couple of weeks Very ago nice. for a couple
0: of months. So yeah, it's, yep, it's awesome. So you spend the summers in Montana and the winters more in Florida. Well, we're figuring that out.
1: Yeah, that when <laughs> we uh, we we our house in Florida we built both homes and they're both going out at the same time. And we're in the, but the Florida one was ahead of the head of the Montana one. So we felt like it should have been done last May, got done in December. So my wife was adamant. Like I am not spending the summer in Florida. Um, and I, uh, but house construction said, yeah, you are. <laughs> and so, so we were all Montana. that summer. Yeah. We were all that summer and she plays tennis you know, like three or four days a week. And she played tennis every week. She's like, I love this Florida summer. Like, this is great. Like, uh, so, uh, so now that's, uh, so the other thing would be like, so what's a, what's a, a Bozeman, Montana winter going to look like? Yeah. You know? So, you know, so we'll figure that out. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. That's no, cool. I've been up to Bozeman and uh, uh, fished the Bitterroot Mountains for oh. fly fishing.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. There. So awesome water. You know,
0: if you got a fly fish?
1: I do. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's a good
0: place to be. So, oh, all right. Sure. So, me out will have to come up to Montana at some point. Yeah. All right. right. So we're, we're talking today about because you you you're a former dentist. You're retired. You sold your practice, right? And you basically work with, consult, and coach other dental professionals on yeah. really, basically the entrepreneurial side of uh, of growing your business. But maybe we could go back. Let's talk about your career, how you got started you know, how that developed, how you gained your entrepreneurial skills in the second half of the show, we can talk about, you know, advice for
1: people. So that all makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 It's fun to look back on a journey, you know, that you know, like uh, being assured it's about making plans. And of course I had all these plans and what you and I decided, like the, the value of making plans is the making of the plan, not the plan itself. Okay. It's gonna change. Yeah. And so that was for sure the case. Um, but one, th- maybe if I made like a little bit about me is that I've always been a learner. I, I figured out that I'd enjoy the process of learning as well as the, the information, but just the process of learning. So in dentistry, uh, the, I found that there's, amazing opportunities now mitch but especially even when i started that you could come out of dental school for me feeling like like i knew everything about it like i'm you know here i go i'm all revved up uh and then i bought a practice in a building with some other much more seasoned dentists and they were doing this much more elaborate much more sophisticated dentistry than i'd ever seen Mm -hmm. and i was like like why are you doing that and then they says well you should go study with this person and study with that person so that right kind of began that journey uh, so that over the next 20 years or so, I looked at and said, one, I, I want to learn how to master those skills because they're there. Like that's what you can do in yeah. industry. And two, the, that part was true. The, the other part that was not true was, and once I master those skills, then success will come to me. And of course that's a misnomer yeah. that we, a lot of people fall into. And so, yeah, so over the next, you know, the first couple of decades of my career, I just, you know, became, uh, you know, had fellowships and, uh, and board certifications and all sorts of things like that. And and the general dentist that I was really became more of a surgical uh, dentist in the sense that I was spending my days. uh, Specialized. Yeah. Putting people to sleep and just basically uh, our office mantra was uh, uh, changing people's lives one smile at a time. So it got the people with, with what I would term for sure really a true dental disabilities. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't smile. They couldn't reinvent themselves. If they're recently separated, divorced, uh, they couldn't go to yeah. par- parties and eat and things like that. So, so, but along the way too, I, on the learning part was I met so many dentists along the way. They're just incredibly bright, way, way brighter than I would ever hope to be and way more talented with their hands than I ever hoped to be And, and as we talk over lunch, I've always been a kind of a low profile person, but as we talk, it'd be like, so you're like, you're doing this dentistry all day long, all week long, probably like I am. And, and I was amazed how often it's like, no, it's like, like, how come? Like you can do it all. I said, well, you know, insurance, my, this, my, that's where I live, the economy, right. all these, all these excuses came up. Excuses, uh, right. Yeah. And I was from central New York, you know, they call central New York the rust belt because every single big manufacturer left over the seventies, eighties and nineties, you know, all those big places yeah. were gone. And yet, you know, we were thriving in that bad, whatever you want to call it, environment uh, economically, if you would. So uh, that it kind of intrigued me. I've always kind of felt like, well, that's really a shame because it's, it's like available to you no matter where you are. It might be harder in right. some places than other, but it's available. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was that. And then someplace along the line, I, felt, I realized because it meant more than under the radar that I'm you know, like unlike you or you're like, I would see you as like, hey, I'm going to run a podcast. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be t- talking to people all the time. I'm not right. that. I'm not that person, you know. And so, uh, how do I influence the world? And somebody, somewhere along the way, somebody said, you know, you, there's this phrase, David, uh, do unto one that which you wish you could do to the, for the world. And I kind of like latched onto that and said, like that, I can, I can do that, you know. So I, so I mentor some like uh, through Big Brothers Big Sisters, you know. I've had some mentorships that way with kids that have no father and that they're as you know, or dads in jail and all sorts of stuff, you know. And so, um, so that that kind of fit. With after mm-hmm. dentistry, after the clinical part. So I'm still a dentist, still licensed and so forth. I can yeah. do it anywhere. Um, but I looked at and said, you know, I like one, the downside of dentistry as a brick and mortar is you got to be there. And my wife and I were, yeah. we're tired of New York State. We're tired of Central New York in a sense, like it's a big world out there. You know, let's go to Mount Florida, let's go to Montana, let's go to different places. You can't do that if you got to keep flying back to New York to work there. Um, right. So the coaching thing i had been in a mastermind group for the last eight or ten years with a bunch of very successful dentists, talking about the business side. Always is just that's where we yeah. went to, you know. Sure. And uh, and I felt I, I found I was helpful in that group, and folks always said like you just you you have a, an ability to take the complex, boil it down to something simple, come up with actionable steps that we could put into effect. And so I thought, right? You know, why don't I marry those two? There's a lot of dentists out there that may feel like they don't want help, but they can't get where they They want to get get to yeah so if they can get out of their own way and get some help from somebody or not necessarily me but somebody you know i could help some of those people so that's been the journey yeah it's been really great uh, as a dentist
0: you don't have the issues i have right like you're not if you're licensed to practice dentistry in new york is it hard to then practice in florida or montana i mean the patient's issue aside let's yeah sure yeah open a new practice in florida if you wanted to
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's a really great question. And it's really pretty easy to do it. Most of the states in the U.S. with about an exception of about a handful. And Florida and Montana are two of the ones that's very difficult to do that with. They're they're kind of like, oh, we're really? don't we, we don't, we're not going to grandfather you in for anything. You got to do this, 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 and all these different things. Um, so, so it's the I same can, thing.
0: There's a state board you have to apply to and, and so yeah. forth and they don't let you in.
1: That's correct. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Like, but without, not just because you want to write a check and say, I, I've been doing it for X number of years and I did all this stuff. they like, well, good for you. But you're going to go yeah. through just like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the same thing with the bar. You can't wave into Florida. You can't wave into California. You can't wave into yeah. a bunch of places. It's getting better, though. Maybe uh-huh. Montana can wave. But you still have the same issue, right? You'd have to start over. Yeah. Your patients aren't moving from New York to go with you to Florida. So,
1: yeah, you know, even I
0: could do more. What's with that? You can do no yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, why won't they follow yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. No, and right. i <laughs> It's just a short little plane, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, so uh, and I and I honestly felt like I don't want to do the clinical part anymore. You know, I, I have a daughter in, uh, in Bozeman who's a dentist, uh, and she's on, I would say, the same track as I am because who knows. But she's, you know, she worked with me for four years, so she know, understands all the stuff yeah. we're doing. She saw all that, and she got very, you know, she got... Ignited underneath that, looking at, like that's what I want to do, like that kind of stuff is what, what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and so she said to me, Oh, okay. So, dad, like, why don't you come in, you know, when I'm doing my first this surgery, that surgery, whatever it is, put somebody asleep, you, know, you could be there, you could be doing it. And I thought, hmm, like, is that, like, why, well, like, how do I, I can't say no to her, you know, I mean, I'm Sorry helping all the. Back in, right? Yeah. And, and she, I was super close. So, one way, so the idea of like all the hoops I got to jump to to get a Montana license to do clinical, you know, and then to do it very rarely, relatively. And then when I do right. do this, be like, well, I haven't done this in, you know, six months, 18 months, you know, three years, whatever. It's like, am I the best person to be uh, you know? So, so right. I can be, I can be, I can be there as a consult, you know, uh, as a, as a, you know, like, well, here's the ideas, here's what you should be doing. And, uh, uh, and she and I are still studying together. You know, as a matter of fact, earlier this week we'll be at a, at a surgical course together, just studying together just for the fun of it, to be together and learn together. Nice. Um, so yeah. No, I, I, I think, I think, no, yeah. go ahead. No, I think I, I, I the idea not mean picking up a, you know, a drill or a scalpel again is like, not, not going to happen. I, 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 yeah. I don't want to do it for somebody exactly. else. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I think as professionals, you know, as a lawyer and you as a dentist and doctors yeah. and yeah, other professionals, we don't really, it's hard to figure out the whole part of, how do I do this without me type of thing? That's what you said before, right? You said, uh, you know, the biggest problem with being a a, a professional with special skills is that they need you to do the special skills. You can't, and the more specialized you become, the less less easy it is to then bring in a young associate to take over your practice. If it's just, you know, cleanings and fillings, I guess you could, right? You bring in a young associate who works for you for a long time, eventually takes over the practice. But if you're doing specialty work, you gotta find somebody who can, you know, step into your, step into your shoes. So at what point did you start making and and how is a better word, right? A better question. Did you start to make that transition and figure out, okay, how do I make this transition, get out of my practice, not being able to do it anymore? Yeah, Do I just walk away, Mm -hmm. shut the doors, walk away, turn the lights off, give the keys back to the landlord, or you spent a long time building a clientele. Right. Do you, you know, so how'd you figure that part out? Cause you seem to be a student of whatever it is you do. So,
1: yeah. So, uh, so I had a great plan. <laughs> we talked about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, uh, I, I was teaching at a local hospital, um, the uh, treatment planning part, they needed somebody and I was looking for a way to give back into that organization. So I thought, well, this is a perfect thing. Cause that's, you know, I think many people look at dentists and say, we get paid to do fillings, crowns, implants, whatever it is. But I would say, no, we should get paid to think and, pe- and and press that upon patients. Like, no, we're here, we're thinking, we're coming up with complex things. And so that's really, so that was the whole idea. Like treatment planning was part of their curriculum. And and in that, I was meeting, meeting students coming through. And so it was just... Uh, I got to a point maybe like four or five years before I looked at it and said you know, my wife and I said okay so this will be our exit approximate date you know this year whatever that year was okay. five years five years before that so we need to put stuff in motion I personally had always looked at at dentistry as as more and more patients came into the office saying we want to use your business for our for our dental services you know like you're trying to build your client base numbers of people. So as you know, at some point you reach you reach the capacity of your facility, whatever that is. Yeah, and um, to, yeah, and then to me, you know, that the typical I think thing in dentistry is well, then you bring in an associate, then you're bringing this, and you get more people. Right. And I always looked at it and said, like, I don't want more. Like, more is just more people that I have to try to, you know, keep yeah, running at a high same, RPM. Right. Yeah. Right. It just gets too more. That's different.
0: like more people you're responsible
1: for now. Yeah, it's just harder to make that if you, you know, we looked inside, we don't want to have a really, really high, high level of clinical dentistry. But, you know, you know this in any business, you're only as high as your weakest link. Like that's that's the level. So whatever level this is at, everything else is going to fall to that level or, you know, you have to make it push that level and certainly the more yeah. people you get the harder it is to get them all on board with that culture and you know we were a little bit different in how we ran the office uh, you know no there's no personal time there's no personal vacation time there's none of that we were all there nobody's there cuz we figured out like we are our best when we're all here and if somebody's on vacation like service is going to suffer it's just past right so there's things about the culture that made it harder to bring so so anyway we just looked at that so we're just gonna, you know we're going to add new people all the time cuz when you totally restore somebody they don't need me anymore So we have to replace them.
0: But it sounds like they're coming for cleanings every six months, right? You were doing, uh, you were doing reconstructive work and then they're, then they go to the regular dentist after you're done.
1: Many times, or even like you mentioned, they might be coming for their cleaning, but out of the cleaning, it might be like, they don't need any work. Like you're done. You're set. You know, unless something very odd happens, you're all set. And uh, yeah, so I think that that, you know, that focus, so maybe this is harsh, I guess I'd say, but you know, to some degree as you raise the number as you get bigger, you're going to have to discriminate against something, like some some group. Well, of people. yeah, you can't
0: be everything to everybody. You can only right, see yeah. so many patients. You only yeah. have so much capacity. It's just right. the reality of. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I understand. And so I looked at that and said, you know, that if I'm going to discriminate and I want to keep it small, the only way to the one way to weed people out is just say no, not going, can't come in. Which right. was, you can was, say, I'm sorry, we're we're at capacity, right? Well, yeah, and to me that was. Not what I wanted to do, I one say it's a bad idea, but for me, it's like that makes no sense at all, because then you have somebody who's like, like,, "But I loved you, and this is my husband, and you're saying no to my husband." right It's like, well, how do I say no right. to again? Well, this is my sister, or this is my brother-in-law. I mean, where do you draw the line? Yeah, that a lot of
0: stuff thing? came from referrals, right from other people, yeah, that reported yeah. You, you know,
1: the same problem. <laughs> so we just raise seats. <laughs> it's like you it can discriminate that that's way. It's like, a you know, way to do it. Yeah, if you don't, if you have to pay to play. And it wasn't, it wasn't, we aren't, you know, gouging people, but at some point, you know, like anything Especially
0: else. you at the higher end of the market. So people would be like, you know what? It's not yeah. covered by insurance. Uh, maybe I should ha- go somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And they're right. always willing to come back and re- re- revisit that decision if they want to. Uh, so that allows right. us to keep, that allows to keep that, that whole thing small, which was, uh, so that's how we kind of thwart that growth. So we were at this point about five years ahead of time. And I looked and said, you know, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in an associate that wants to learn quickly to become a partner, very small stake, but quick <laughs> so that like, they knew uh, uh, this guy's actually real. He's going to sell me this place. And I looked and said, this person's actually real. They want to buy it. Um, yeah. and, and it was right around that time that my daughter, who was going to school in, uh, as a dentist in Salt Lake City, Said you know, rather than and they and they said we love the West. We are going to live in the West. Like this is where we want to be, is for sure. I mean, she and her husband grew up in, in New York State, where we where we were. Uh, yeah. you know, she was where in New York, State, New
0: York State, State? Where you, Dave?
1: Outside of Syracuse. Sure. Okay. Yep. And her husband's from Northern New York, a little bit north of there. Great guy. And so uh, they said. So so in my mind, it's like okay. Well, they're going to they they loving it out there. And when we went to visit, you know, it's like I can see why. Like if you've been to Salt Lake City, it's like the mountains are like. It's all like paradise, yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous, you know. And they they just fell yeah. in love with everything about the West, and uh, so it's like okay. So and then she said, "But you know what? We think we're going to come back east for a while." I said, "Oh, well, what's that going to look like?" She said, "Well, we're going to come back to Syracuse, and I want to do a residency program at a hospital there." Which uh, she ended up doing at the same hospital that I did mine in, just coincidentally. Um, and then and so, what do you think is going to happen after that? I said, "Well, maybe practice with you for a little while." we're going to end up out west but practice with you and so i thought hmm so if i bring in somebody to take over the practice and then my daughter wants to practice with me there won't be room for her so it's either get rid of the get rid of the guy that i promised he's going to sell it to for the sake of my daughter who's going to go away
0: you already had him at that point
1: no i was right at that point like i was talking to actually talked to a guy actually made an offer ish to a guy and he's like yeah i'm really interested i want a mentor type person and so forth um, so anyway, long story short, you know, I, he kind of went a different direction, and uh, I said, "Good, that's great," because my daughter's coming in, so she practiced for four years, and during that time, the practice was for sale. But to your point, you know, it had become a practice where not anybody, just anybody, could step in to take it over because right. it, it, it created right. a niche, and so uh, and that created a a selling liability. Um, but sure. you know, we worked our way through that, and. Uh, Yep, 2021 sold it. I got done seeing patients in 2022, and in the meantime, we were transitioning to Florida and Montana to live. And my daughter is in in Montana now, practicing as I mentioned. And so all's well ends well.
0: Yeah. So how did you sell the practice then? At that point, did you? Yeah, I just
1: went to a brokerage. Okay. Uh, I I'd owned a practice in uh, a couple of practices before. One in New Hampshire, another one in, in another part of New York. Uh, for New Hampshire, for about ten years, and then we, my wife wanted to move back to Syracuse, where she was from. So I was used to that process of what it looks like. You know, hire a broker, do this, do that. Uh, I didn't have some contacts with some of those folks. So um, the first one in New Hampshire was much more of a middle of the road type practice because I was earlier in that clinical journey. Uh, that sold pretty sure. quickly, you know. Uh, and then the one in New York uh, literally took three years. Um, to find a buyer, uh, but yeah, know, that's okay. Yeah, that's what it is. No. Yeah, okay. It worked out. It worked All out well. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. So there's different ways of going about it. Certainly, I think that the idea of bringing somebody in, you know, to transition in, so that person knows it. That's that's certainly the probably the easiest way to maintain the value of the practice. Right. Uh, really, kind right. of you know allow it to maintain some similarities of what it was before, because they get assimilated into your culture and and they make it their own eventually, but at least there's a gradual transition for patients and the team and so forth, so.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So did you, so you did stay on for a while with the person who bought it for a little while to work with them?
1: Yeah, stayed on partly for that capacity. Uh, although it's interesting, you know, Mitch, you, I would think uh, that for a new person coming in that they'd be like, like, yeah, I want you to stay on for like a really, maybe a really long time and almost never does it work that way. It's almost like after two or three months, it's like, okay, I got it. You can go now. You know, it's like, I see that all the time. So for me, it was more just finishing up these larger cases where, you know, people had said, I want you to do the work, David, one, you know, and so I, I hired, didn't hire, but I hired you, David, to do the work, not somebody else. Cause it's pretty, pretty, you know, relationship based dentistry when people have that level of trust to let you do that stuff for them. Um, right. And two, a lot of times they had already paid ahead of time. You know, we, that was kind of our, our, part of our, Business model was uh, let's Got incentivize you. people to you know pay for everything ahead of time. Come back, right? Sure. Yep. So I owed them dentistry; they didn't owe me money. I owed them dentistry, so I wanted to make sure I was good on that. So yeah, so that took right. about six six months or so to to go take that group of whatever they were you know eighty people or so down to zero, uh, and uh, and that was good. Yeah, yeah. Was.
0: yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I think that is the challenge of. Can be professional practices you know how do you look i'm at the crossroad too i used to have a bigger firm we used to have like five partners and we had a, uh, associates and of council people and a bunch of uh, five thousand square foot of space we were a full service commercial firm and then one day i woke up and i you know i was like well oh well our gross went up but my yeah. net's going down like i'm making less money yeah after all our expenses and i wasn't doing the things that i enjoyed to do so it was hard. I lost friends and changed everything. But now I'm kind of at a crossroads. Like, what do I do now? Like, you know, because I don't want to bring on an associate. I don't want to bring on more employees. I, you know, my f- practice is very virtual. Yeah. Um, I, I rely on technology. So I'm going to have to, you know, find that bridge to cross at some point. We'll see yeah. what happens. I don't want to be doing this till I'm 98. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: that's right. I know, no, that I know people
0: that are people that are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And well, I mean, I guess if you do, as long as it's a hobby, like from about age 55 on, I guess that's okay. But if you're doing it because it's like the only way I can maintain my lifestyle, then then we should have done some different, different planning, different planning earlier on there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've toyed with every once in a while I get, um, you know, firms that approach me because there's not a lot of us that can develop business and have business sense and things like that. Yeah. Um, But it's just the numbers never work out. They, they, you know, they want to cut my income in half and they got some story about what a great opportunity it is. I'm like, hey, what? Yeah. Right. I'm 56 <laughs> years old. What do I need to go back? Yeah, halfway right. back. You know, what do I, so it, so it's, it never seems to work out, but maybe well, It's at some point. So then, why don't we and, do this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and dentistry, dentistry might be different. Just an aside on that, you know, for, for folks, if there's dentists and, or maybe attorneys listening, but like in dentistry. You, know, you can appreciate that some people come in, maybe, maybe it's a couple of blocks and it's just one person where it could be right. some, of the, some of their dentistry, maybe some of their legal needs are very not right, but bre- bread and butter type stuff, and like any, any attorney could do it. And then yet right. they, they also might have some other very specialized needs where they really need a, a Mitch to do it or something special about this yeah. where they need Mitch to do it. And so in dentistry, there is some value of having another dentist there that can do the bread and butter stuff. But at the same point in time, have the ability, the ability right. to do more uh, with the person that's a little bit more specialized. So I don't know if that's a, something that yeah. applies to the law, but dentistry that definitely applies. A
0: little bit, you know. The biggest problem with law, dentistry is more like accounting, right? You have you got to see people, uh, the bread and butter stuff, right? You have yeah. every six months you're doing cleanings. People, right or other teeth fall out, they got to come yeah. to you on a regular basis. Accounting, right. you got to file your taxes every year, you got to pay your bills, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. With law. Right. I have some business owners that are on retainer and I do things for them every month, but it's not, there's no triggering event where they have to come got to it. me in April and they got to come to me in September, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah. So it makes it, it Good makes point. it more of a, a challenge. I'm not right. saying it's not doable, but it's, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, that's interesting. It's definitely a way to look, way to look at, it. well, why don't we do this? Let's take yeah. a, a commercial break. I had a couple of people that pay me a little bit of money and, uh, yeah. and then we'll come back and we can talk about, you know, the book you're working on. I think it's coming out soon, right? Yep. And the consulting you do and the advice for maybe not just dentists, but certainly for professionals as to, you know, how to think mm-hmm. of things as an entrepreneur as opposed to a professional. I think that's yeah, the argument. Great. You know. Yeah, sounds good. Okay.
1: Awesome. Yeah, great. All right, let's,
0: let's... Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business, or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. A Weber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Are you struggling with managing advertising due to a lack of time or expertise? Perhaps you're facing challenges in scaling ads for your store. Are you feeling lost when strategies have no success? GSM Growth Agency is your reliable partner in overcoming these business challenges. Feel the impact of collaborating with a team dedicated not only to short-term goals, but also to building long-term partnerships and achieving sustained success embark on an exciting journey to redefine the possibilities of e-commerce and create a legacy of unparalleled excellence. Take decisive action now. Follow their link in the show notes to receive a complimentary audit of your Shopify store conducted by a GSM expert. Propel your e-commerce game to new heights with GSM Growth Agency. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, David. So we are back. Great. Um, this, since this is an entrepreneurs podcast, and we always want, and that's how we got connected through podcast yeah. I think it was right as yeah. a as yeah. a business owner consultant, really to dentists. Yep. Um, tell me, like, let's talk about what that looks like for the average average de- uh, dentist. Because I think you know, I think a lot of dentists go into the practice of dentistry with kind of in the back of their mind, right? Like, well, eventually I got to run this practice or take it over or go somewhere else and start a new practice because yeah. it's kind of like the kind of thing that you guys do. There aren't a lot of, at least not near me, there aren't, aren't a lot of large dental practices. There are, mm. there are you know, there are practices like one ma- my major dentist and then maybe, I don't know, an orthodontist in the practice. And then maybe one other young associate, at least near me, there aren't any of these, large practices like being rolled up in the veterinary business now and, and the legal I mean, I mean in the medical field um mm, yeah are, are you seeing that like is there a transition where smaller dentists are able to roll into larger practices or that's not
1: really happening as far as you've seen yeah it, it happens on the on the ownership side of it uh you know i think that that mm, this well the, it seems like the, that maybe the younger the newer generation and I'll just say, maybe they have it right. You know, like, for instance, I can, if I, if I look back at the dent, when I was, so this is 35 years ago, I talked to a dentist who was 20 years my senior, and my kids are young and, or maybe it's, whatever, you know, They're my kids are young, so, and they're in their yeah. early 30s. And so he said, I think it's great, you know, that like, you coach your kids soccer, and you do that kind of stuff. So not well, I, my kids are young. We, I and the other dentist, we'd go out three, four nights a week. We'd have dinner together, have a drink, talk about dentistry, whatever. That's just what we did. I think that's great. And then now the kid, you know, like my daughter and other people look at and say, like, I'm never going to work as hard as you, you guys did. Like, there's no way. I want to come in at 8 o'clock, get done at 5, leave, check out, and I'm done. And so right. to some degree that entrepreneurial, I want to own the business mentality might be less in the in the newer dentists and maybe in young professionals mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, and, right. and therefore, who's going to run the businesses so the corporate yeah you know, so the corporate concept of dentistry has really grown up where you know business people will look at and say well we can buy these practices and run it and then these dentists that because they don't want to own it they just They've become, they've become an employee of the corporation. So, uh, me,
0: Like I, on the MD side where they've done that either to, they sell to the hospital or they sell to a management company, that type of thing? It could
1: be. Like, I'm not that familiar with that. But for instance, like if you look at a company called Aspen Dental, I don't know if you have driving around, you've seen Aspen Dental. You know, so you may, you may look at that. It says kind of like McDonald's. It says McDonald's everywhere, uh, you know, but like McDonald's is owned by a local guy probably, you know, it's it's a franchise franchise concept and and many of the Aspens are that same way. They stay, they might've been originally, you know, Bob's dentist and then Aspen took over and it might stay Bob's dentist, Bob's still there. Otherwise Bob believes in and they turn into Aspen dental, but they're hiring in like one dentist might come in and that dentist like, I want to buy it. So they buy it and then Aspen supports them. uh, So they have ownership, but they're not doing the hiring. They're not doing the firing. They're not doing, you know, the software is an Aspen software, things like that. Um, so there's more and more of that going on. And then I, and I, but I, think historically though, Mitch, it's really interesting that most dentists seem to be solo type guys, you know, like, like you're right. They, they kind of practice by themselves. Whereas, you know, attorneys and physicians, you see groups of, you know, five and 10 and 50 and a and 200 all working yeah. under the same roof. Um, so and I don't know if I don't know, you know, what created what, but it definitely seems that dentists you know, tend to be smaller in, in their organizations. Uh, Right, so there is a lot of right. that, but
0: you see that may be changing. Where you are going to see larger, well, I am not branding. sure.
1: Oh, larger Stuff. ownership part, like bigger groups are are, yeah. are doing that, and then some dentists. You know, I was I was with uh, an investing group uh, over the weekend that had a little thing, and there was another dentist there who's probably in his mid thirties, and he he's a general dentist, but he owns eleven practices now uh, in the Tampa oh. in the Tampa area. He just he just sees one for sale, and he buys it, and then he incorporates it into his little his own little corporation that he's putting right. together. And uh, and a lot of the guys are going to say, I'll bundle it up and I'll sell it to somebody that already has 400 or 800 or 1,000. Well, that's the
0: attractive part, right? Because if you're the local, because obviously this guy's not going to 11 offices and seeing all the patients. That's not possible. So yeah. he. But the attraction to you is, Dave, why don't you sell to me? We'll roll you up into our organization. We'll still run your practice. You we'll give you, I don't know, services, technology, whatever, yep. marketing. Yep. And then we'll all sell out as a group to a bigger you know, private equity firm or something like that. Yeah at some point and you can have an exit strategy.
1: Yeah. Right. Yep. And so, and sometimes it's just that I'll become an employee of my own practice. You buy it, you run it, you other stuff. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of the, as I talk to dentists, you know, it's really common. You know, they'll say like, like, uh, so what's the frustration of dentistry? And it's never like, you know, the crown fell off. It's, it's never on the technology clinical side of it. You know, it's always, a, it's a, almost always about, well, you know, because I participate with insurance, which is a choice, but because I've mm-hmm. chosen to participate in insurance, and then and then there's you know an, a, a less than positive talk conversation about dental insurance and how it's limit limiting them, um, and or my employees, like, you know this, that, sure. that constant thing. And so to me, you know, as I've looked at that, you know, I said, well, you know, the beauty of dentistry as versus medicine. Is you don't have to participate with insurance. You know, we had lots of patients with insurance, but yeah. they still paid what our fee was, and we just made arrangements for how they're going to pay the difference. And like,
0: great, right? That's exactly what I do.
1: Yeah, we'll get every cent we can out of your insurance for sure. We'll make sure you you right. worked hard and, to get that benefit. We'll, we'll get it of all. Course. But on the other hand, you know, that's not. I'm, going to, I'm not going to li- limit the revenue and the profitability of the business based on that entity called insurance. It's just like.
0: Right, if you went into network or whatever, yeah. But a lot of in our area, the good dentists are not in the networks. Yeah, you know, right, just don't have to
1: be. Yep, and then on the team side, you know, to me on on the dentistry front, I know for me, my journey was just pitifully slow, you know, because I figured like once I become a clinical master all of a sudden stuff's going to take care of itself. That was the big lie that I told myself. (laughs) And then, you know, when I figured out at some point along the way people probably hitting me with a club and saying like, you know, the problem is the guy in the mirror, David, and you fix him and your business will get better, but it's never going to get better than him. You know, so I had to become a much better leader, much better, you know, understanding of that. And uh, how how do you have conversations and how how do you enter into a sales, how do you create a sales organization, you know, in your office that actually is meant to help Patients say, you know, I mean, the whole, like, like for you too, like to me, it's like, so somebody comes into a law firm, a dentist, they kind of know what you are before they go in there. They, you help them identify problems that they say, yeah, problem. And then you say, here's a solution. And they say, yeah, that's a solution. And then they say, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, right. I'm going to close them. Like, why did that happen? Like, why did you come here? You know, right. you know, so that idea of getting a you know a client of yours or a client of ours, whatever you want to call them, clients, patients, customers, you know, to to say yes to themselves, really, like you know, they're walking out with the agreement, legal agreement that they want, it's going to protect them. They're walking out with the, right. the dentistry that's going to fix their problems, fix their disabilities, and um, so it makes no sense for them to say no. Like it yeah. just hurts them. You know, it's,
0: right, especially with the dentist, like what are you there for? Yeah, I mean you're there for it. If you got a problem, something bothers you, you have an ache in your tooth, yeah. or you have a problem, whatever, and now you're
1: not doing anything about it. Yeah, it doesn't, and it doesn't, you know. If you looked at it, you know, and I've said this is so many like people, in, in I, I don't know outside of dentistry because I don't have a lot, lots of people I talk to, but in dentistry, the idea of selling. Is like mm-hmm. you don't do that. Like we don't sell. No, like, we do. oh, right. It's a horrible thing. Like, you can't sell anything. People can buy. People yeah, no, can so buy, but they is. didn't, they didn't, but I didn't right. sell me. They just happened to right. buy. Yeah. So, you know, so that so get just getting over that and just saying, Well, you know, if we're here to if we're here, if if a patient comes in and they say yes, and they say yes to whatever dollar amount that is. So that person going to benefit. If you're doing really life changing, significant stuff, they're going to benefit for years from that. Right. But the business, like the very next day, the business has to says, "I got to find somebody else." Like right. Like we benefited for one day, and now we got yeah. now we got to get that revenue again. Was that patient benefited forever? And if the, right. if the patient says no, then for us it's like, well, they said no, so therefore that whole block of time. That we were gonna work on them is still open, but we can stick somebody else in there. So like we didn't really lose. We might stick somebody in there that's even more profitable than the person that said no. Right. And they walk away with nothing. So who's the big loser? Right. Like they are. Exactly. Right. So if, well, a lot of that's mindset, how you yeah. look at it. If they say Burn yes, yourself. they're the big winner. If they say no, they're the big loser. So why wouldn't we get good at helping people to get out of their own way and say yes? Like get really good, yeah. like, get really good at like, make that your focus. Um, so, right. so once I started looking at that and I, and I just like internalized that and said like, that's, that's just not hype. Like that's, if you're doing it properly, like I'm not talking about, you know, uh, whatever, you know, manipulating people or all kinds right. of stuff like that. I like, could, right. it's,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's got that don't exist. It's got,
1: it's a win-win. But once you look at it and say like, no, this is definitely, this is what this person needs and that kind of stuff. Like the dentist I study with, they'd be like, so do you think your dentistry is wrong? That? It's like, no, it's the exact right thing for them. And when they say no it's like okay it's like no it's not okay we gotta help that person and then they go out and they do an RV or they you know they remodel their kitchen or you know they they're saving for a brand new car or whatever it's like it's not it's not like it's not it's not that people are wealthy I'm not saying that but right. all the time people are able to take discretionary money and they can put it in different places in their life and dentistry is competing against that stuff it's not competing against food and water and shelter and things like that you know it's just not Right. No, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is helping people to get to say yes to the things that they know they should be or want to be doing. You just yeah. got to figure out how to make it, you know, affordable yeah. for them. That's not. I don't. I don't think that's an obstacle. A lot of it's mindset, I think. But do you find that is a common problem with mm-hmm. dentists that they're either I don't know if the word is right, afraid to ask for the sale, or you know, don't really approach it from hey. I'm helping these people. They look at it like they're asking for something they're uncomfortable
1: about. Mm, totally that. Yeah. And and I would say, I mean, it starts with the, with the dentist leader and then it goes right through the organization, you know, so that for me, yeah. you know, that for in our office, I think part of our success as once I get, once a guy in the mirror got better, once I got better and better and internalized and, and your word mindset, I love that Mitch, because that's totally what it is like. Like, yeah, I, of course. I, it's in between your ears is the problem. It is. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Big problem. Not,
0: you know, you don't have to take them to get them a, a mental surgery where they had to put a drill in their brain and fix something. It no. just just, yeah. Right, yeah. That's how they look at things. That's the problem. Yeah. Right.
1: And dentistry as a profession, you know, I mean, I, we, we got involved with uh, dental sleep medicine, which is really a, is a medical service, medical treatment, you know, for dental sleep apnea or for sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. You know, and dentists are get involved with in that. So we got involved with in that. And, and therefore for a short while we had a very robust program and then I just said like, it just didn't fit. So we just shut it down. But while we we're doing that, like we were in the medical community, like working with sleep physicians and EMTs and like, all these different people. And for them, like success was 50% better. Like you can make somebody 50% better. That's medical success. That's just their, that's their metric. And for, den- yeah. for dentistry, it's like, so if 50% of my crowns fell off or hurt and people couldn't eat it'd be right. Able- yeah, that's, like, that's right. You might just shut the door. Like, Either that, right. you're going to commit suicide. It's like, what the hell is wrong yeah. with me? It's like, you know, and so density the predictability of it is super, super high, you know? So like for us to, to do that, it's not like, I wonder if you're going to get better. It's like, yeah, you're going to get way better. Like I can, I can show you pictures right. of what you're gonna look like yeah. when you get done. You're going to look like that. Like it's
0: Exactly. Your teeth are not going to fall out of your mouth no. on the way
1: home. I, that's right. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's so predictable. Yeah. So to help folks and help teams, help, you know, help a team become a leader. Um, And I just think, you know, that whole leadership thing, like in a whole society now, it's just missing. You know, it's not, it's not, it's, you know, you and I are at an age where, you know, I I can remember, you know, this is such an aside, but it's maybe for your younger audience. I can remember in middle school, another kid and I were running down the hall as we were, he was chasing me. I had done something, we were friends, but he was just chasing me like, I'm going to get you, David. And so he's chasing me. And I, and I, and I watched this, this teacher was at, like these little alcoves by every door. I watched the teacher. He was standing there. He stepped out and we made eye contact like for a second and he ducked back in really fast. And I knew this guy, he's a very physical guy. And I knew like when we come by him, he is coming out of there. Like he is going to nail us. So when we came, when I got really close to him, I just, I, and my friend was like about 10 feet behind me. We got really close to him. I did a really quick, like boom, the outside. Sure enough, this guy's arm came out like this, just like to string us at the neck. And my friend went boom right. and boom right into on the floor like what's the rule about running and i was like <laughs> going down the hall you know what's the rule about running you know and it's like oh i'm sorry sorry i like, don't run the hall it's like that's right get up no more running and like and then you know now it's like oh my god he'd be out the teacher would be fired like, like yeah i mean oh my all god. that, all that leadership stuff that we looked at so like you have to respect and things like that it's just so anyway tirade tirade on my part but but if, I don't know. but to expect the team members to come in you know i said to all of them and me it's like you know We've never been in a position where you've seen leadership, you know, handled well uh, in dentistry, not sure about in law. No, I would of this fe- right. female driven, you know, I, over the course of years, I had way more single f- ladies with k- children than I did any other uh, demographic in my office as far as. So, yeah. so here they are, you know, in a, in a, not dysfunctional, but it's a very hard patients or people that work for work you work for employees. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, single females is a very common, uh, um, like yes, right? Yeah. Right. Sure. That's a, that's a typical worker demographic in dentistry. And then many of them are single moms. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so, so in that whole thing, it's like, so like, you know, what's your relationship with your father and what's your relationship with this? And oftentimes it's like, mm, not so good. So anyway, right. you're trying to put all these people together and say, so how are we going to make you a leader when you've never seen leadership really, you know, role modeled in your life. And, uh, and it's true. Yeah. It's hard. You know? Yeah. So, so that, I think no, those sure. are struggles. One, you fix your own head. So you can become a good leader because you may not have ever seen leadership demonstrated for you well, you've never embraced it. And then how do I become better at that? And then how do I impart that on my team so they can become better? Uh, yeah. Once you put that together, then the team following the leader, the patients want to be led, not really, but they do. And want somebody says, this is what we do, here's, a, I have confidence in this. I'm not going to make it easy on you. Like, like if you say, I don't want to do it. Like, well, how come? Like what's going on? Right. You know?
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think, I, I think the whole team idea is really important. If people mm-hmm. don't realize the customer service experience, that it improves right. having everybody right. on the same page, having them buy into your vision. Yeah. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it improves the workplace for the employees, oh, huge. you know, feeling like they have a purpose. They know what the hell's going on. And I think especially in professional practices, I miss that a lot. You go to law firms and it doesn't look like anybody knows what they're doing. You know, you walk in. The customer experience should be the same when they walk in. They should be greeted and this and that and put through this process and learn to feel comfortable and yeah. intake the same way, right? Especially with dentistry. I mean, you're going, somebody's sticking their hands in your mouth and they're going to drill holes in your head yeah. and you know these machines that vibrate and stuff like that and make it – and I know some people that have terrible teeth and they're just afraid to go to the dentist. Like, yeah. hey – afraid to have anybody touch their face or their mouth and stuff like that. So that's right. You know, if you make it a comfortable experience and everyone buys into that, clearly that improves the, you know, your business, your whole business model. Is that right. Yeah. But, but you're right. I guess a lot of people coming out of dentistry school, they just like law school too. You well, I'm gonna go get a job. What do you mean? I'm gonna be a dentist. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, you're not. You're going to be a business owner who also fixes people's teeth.
1: There you go. That's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that. Yeah. And and unfortunately, they're, they, if they pick that up, it's going to be accidental. You know, unless they, you know, have somebody like you. You know, that kind of grabs hold of them, or they somehow know you, and they and they respect your ideas, and they say, "So, Mitch, how does this work?" And uh, you're like, I mean, you're, right. everything you just said is applicable every business like you know the book that of I, course the book that i wrote might use dental examples or some of the stuff or here's a system you could use in dentistry but you could use that same system virtually anywhere because businesses are businesses people are people you know doesn't matter what kind of service or product your 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 end user is getting it's you know how you get there is going to be the same almost all the way through so yeah you're right you're, absolutely you're spot on with all the stuff you just said
0: yeah it's the same it's the same tools so that yeah. the ironic thing is it's not like somebody has to have an epiphany in life and get lucky enough to meet you or me because it's going to be their only chance to be successful it's all <laughs> out there that's right they can go find books and go to the seminars and join the, yeah. the the uh you know the mastermind groups and the network and and learn from other people that have done it and failed and succeeded and so forth yeah along the way but a lot of people you know they 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 don't i mean you know no. people you reach will be 20% of the right the 80 20 rule that's basically
1: it yeah if it's 20 i don't know it's hard to find that 20 sometimes right
0: 20 of the 20
1: right yeah, it's right. like yeah
0: the people that really need your help don't really you don't really reach because they're not open to it
1: they're not looking for it they're not no, no. you know yeah that's true so yeah that's that's yeah the irony of it. but the fun about coaching for me of people is is you know like like and i even like in my presentations i you know, I try to be really transparent about everything. The, our personal finances, it's you know, like, it's just numbers, it, you know, it is what it mm-hmm. is, you know? And uh, so, uh, but to look at that and say like, you know, if, if we just take your trajectory of a, you know, a younger, like your first 10 years of your working career and just, yeah. and just accelerate that, like, just like, you know, hold your feet to the fire. Have somebody to hold your feet to the fire. You'll get said, I know I need to do it. I just don't do it. Oh, well, but, but you're going to pay me to make you do that and, and and give you good information and help you make decisions along the way that just totally fit, you know, so you're not shooting yourself in the foot all the time. Um, yeah. That you can just speed up that trajectory so much and and that's something that, I don't, you know, like you just mentioned, you can go books and podcasts and, and masterminds and all that stuff and that's probably, I'm guessing, I don't know, maybe how you got to where you are and that's from now. Well, worked.
0: it's a start. You know, yeah. you got to keep taking it to the next level and finding the people to work with and mentor with because you, you can't do it steadily over the next forty years. You're never gonna get off the ground. Yeah. You have to accelerate
1: right yeah or really yeah. reach that kind of growth level. That's right. You know? Yep. Exactly right. Yeah. How's uh and so when did you sell the practice? Twenty twenty one? Yeah, twenty twenty. Yep yeah. fall, late fall twenty twenty one, October twenty twenty one. So yeah about, so two, years. about two years. It's been about two years.
0: So how are they doing without you?
1: Uh they went through some really transitions, yeah. Uh for sure. Um okay. you know I think that the initial thought was was we'll well I mean it's never a mistake because it could have worked out great but they but the original thought was well yeah fee for service don't accept insurance and so forth that's going to be a hard task to do so I think we'll we'll, we'll reinvent it as a kind of a typical type practice uh, that's working with insurance some insurances that kind of stuff and then what they found was that that wasn't the niche at all and the people that were looking for what we had created uh, the reputation of that in the community Um was like well, then, like this isn't what we wanted, and the customer's experience, you know, fell as well. Um, and so they had some turnover of the team because the team looked at it and said, "Well, we 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 embraced what we what we were doing, and now we're not quite doing that the same, or it's not not the same." Um, so you had different people in there, and those people didn't grasp the culture that we had so yeah but now they're you know rebuilding it in the direction that they want to and so you know it's fiscally sound and doing well uh and i say that as much as i know they. i offered to right. i offered to help beyond the transition point of just to you know at a at a gratis level just to keep things going and uh but i can see why that wasn't accepted just because like well you know we're not going to do it the way you know david and and uh right. and i guess they felt like i had an agenda to do it only the way I knew so which isn't true but I can appreciate why they would feel that way so um, right so yeah they're doing well yeah. and some of the uh employees that had originally were have been moved up into a management position and they're uh do there and and uh we chat you know, brief not very often but occasionally we'll touch base so that's nice to hear from them yeah
0: okay and then uh you've been so now you've been coaching consulting for what like 18 months Two years, something like that, or were you doing it before much when you were working?
1: Yeah, conceptually doing it before, but not I didn't have the time to really devote to it the way I wanted to. Uh, you know, that part of my personality is if I could, you know, like my wife will say, you know, you're intense, right, David? I'd be like, Huh, (laughs) intense, you don't say that, yeah, (laughs) intense, I'm gonna be intense. So, (laughs) I kind of like (laughs) (laughs) that. So, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, so the idea, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it well, and so I felt like I just can't. I can't do it the way I want to do it, but I but also could see right. like once I'm not tied up to go into the office, you know, four days a week and other stuff to maintain that the way I wanted to, then that frees up a whole bunch of time to really devote into something else, and so it's been fun.
0: Yeah. So ha- so how are you growing that business? Like you don't just open the window and say, "Hey, I'm here." Yeah. Right. You got to connect that's with
1: people. Real, so what are you doing? That's that been side? a real fun challenge, at, quite honestly. Yeah, because you know, yeah. you know, initially, well. You know, this is all boring but like when i first started off i had a couple of people that knew me said like well you just got so much stuff yeah this part some put folks out of the mastermind is like people are just going to come to you like i can't tell how that's going to work in the universe but you just keep throwing yourself out into the universe it's just going to the come laws out. of attraction right okay yeah, exactly and i believe in that there's no question right. um
0: yeah if you're if you're putting yourself out there
1: right yeah so that was just, but that's, in the garage, garage, that's the catch that's the catch right yeah that's the catch like so so how does david under the radar david who like like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have lots of associations. I've never gone to social groups or anything like that. You know, like I just, I just. Right. right. You don't have a
0: huge network. Of, yeah, right.
1: exactly. You need it. I don't have that. Right. Exactly right. And so, so anyway, I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to do in this coaching, thing, I'll hire a coach. And then they can teach me some of the fundamentals of what coaching looks like at a truly professional level. And so there's a story behind that. But anyway, I ended up with a coach. And, uh, and so he said, well, the first thing you're going to have to do is come up. And what I, I said, I like, said, I'm not going to come up with a manual. And I talked to him, like, yeah, you don't want to come up. With, like, I can't see you writing some huge manual, David. Like, That's just like not what you'd want to spend your time doing. You're just good at sitting down with somebody, talking through stuff, figuring stuff out, coming up with a plan, do it. And So I so, uh, so talked to his coach. He said, well, the first thing you're going to have to do is come up with some deliverables, David, because people don't know you. And so, um, so you're gonna have to go up with the manual, like,
0: like that's what. yeah. Meaning you need like, you need collateral yeah, materials. To to so here's the workbook. Yeah. let's go through. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta, yeah. manual.
0: You gotta so intellectual like, property. There's no question about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was like I said. Like I'm not gonna do that. I said you're gonna have to do. <laughs> you're gonna have to do that. Like ah oh, shit. Right. So you know like whatever, five or six hundred pages la- later of a manual, it's like okay good manual's all baked out. We got, five or six
0: hundred pages. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just sat down. I like, got all this time. So I, Does I just, it need to be that big? Probably not, but you know, <laughs> so some of it's a, some it addendums and examples and things like that of different things. You know, the actual main itself is maybe 400 pages. So, oh, sure. Yeah, it's so, just dropping the book. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, so then, <laughs> so then I get done with that. And then i tell some other people said, say, well, you know, that's great that you got that. But if you're going to really establish yourself as an expert in the field, other than what you've done, you have to have a book so oh yeah so i have to write a book right? yeah okay yeah so 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 two books later and i'm working my third book now and and the first one will get published uh and uh well it should be done end of this month it should be actually so
0: you're on your third book before your first book's been published
1: yeah it's it was funny well see because it's cause it sounds like amazing but it isn't and i'll tell you why because i i did all i did all this work on this manual stuff right so i did right. a lot of this kind of stuff but how do you like in the manuals like how do you how do, you, how do you create a mindset? How do you create leadership? What does that look like? How do you create systems? What does that look like? How do you create, 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 create? What's all this stuff look like as part of them to walk somebody through a, to run their business well? Right. And the, and the title of the book became Peak Success Entrepreneurial Guide to Business Prosperity, which is essentially what I coach. Right. And so I talked to a publisher. Some friends said, well, here's a good publisher. I'd met the owner uh, a number of years ago. And so they said, well, typically it takes about a year. You know, the first three to five months, you, you're going to work with a ghost trader most likely because most people don't want to write their own books. And, blah, 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 blah. and so I said, well, I want it done in six months. Typical, right. Typical, intense David. And they said, well... We, so and i said my
0: took three years by the way
1: yeah so you know. okay it's fine it's fine right it's a journey yeah
0: well, I was going back. it wasn't like three years of constant work it was, yeah you know, right what well, you getting away yeah. life and work and
1: exactly things like that yeah and so i said to them well so i'm gonna write on my own because at that point i figured like like prior to doing that, that manual i thought like i i can put everything i know on a three by five you wrote the manual yourself right yeah exactly yeah
0: all right so you got enough content that's for sure yeah
1: and so i and they said uh, okay so uh so three to five months. So how about if I if I do it like in uh, uh, in two weeks? And so the woman that was there said, well, That's nice, David. Two weeks. Yeah, that's nice, David. Why don't we say five weeks? If you can get if you can get two. Right. right. It would be a miracle if you did five. five weeks. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. Right. So seven days later I gave them the manuscript. You're kidding. Now, And but but I really had a lot of that stuff, so I was like, look, I can rewrite this, yeah, yeah, reword this, and my head was already like in that trench, you know. And I had time. Did you
0: like not sleep for seven days? Did
1: you? Yeah, a little bit. But you'd you'd wake up like at two or three. Like, oh, this is a great, you know. You'd write whatever, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah, so that so so to write them fast, you know, can come up quickly, but. But, but it was mostly because I wasn't distracted with all the stuff you're talking about and I had just gone through right. a whole process really essentially. So. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so that, and then the second one to me, it's always been a, a thing about, like, I think it's, it, it, which I would preach to anybody, you, you know, you know this, right? You, you can make your business have incredible revenue streams if you do all the business stuff right, which you were just talking about, you know, customer service, leadership, all that kind of sales to this. Right, right. You have all stuff, You have lots of revenue and then, but what happens to that revenue? What's the, What's the transfer translation of that revenue into personal wealth? Like, is that
0: okay? Is so that's the second book you're working that's on? That's
1: the second book. That, yeah, and, that, and that's done. And it might just stay as an ebook type thing. I'm not sure what I'll do with it. So that's done and it's, it's ready go. I haven't, I, I went online to like a whatever, a service. Publisher type one to go to yeah. and edit it for me and that kind of stuff and so that's yeah, like
0: an on demand type of thing you don't have to keep like a warehouse
1: of books yeah yeah I don't need right it. yeah, and yeah so, absolutely and that's a yeah and I think that's as important as much as the other one because I soon you you've met a lot of people made a lot of money in their life and and they die you know they retire and it's like I can't retire I have no money it's like well, well, like oh yeah like, I mean, what happened.
0: I think there's a vacuum, and everybody's pocket just sucks money out
1: of you. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how much you throw in it; it just gets stronger. The vacuum. True. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's the second book. It's really just kind of like, hey, you know, if if you're, it doesn't matter where you are, but if you're in your, you know, thirties or forties, like here's some shit you can do it can actually yeah. make it
0: hold on to what you make right they always say that it's not what you make that matters it's what you keep right yeah, yeah that really has an impact on
1: your life i think that's, yeah, that's so true yeah so so my wife and i've been blessed with that you know so that we don't have to worry about some of the stuff that we could have had to worry about if we hadn't done those things Yeah. so anyway
0: yeah, All right, good. All right. yeah. so uh, we've been uh, about an hour um any parting words of advice for maybe the young dentists out there not sure what they're going to do.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, certainly if my mistake was to think that mastering dental skills is going to translate into business success or, or revenue success or people saying okay. yes, like that, that's not true. Uh, so, okay. So we got, so just, just be aware of that. Keep, keep, it's, you know, clinical success, mastering skills is a piece of the puzzle. You can't, right. you can't do it. That's not enough. Yeah. You can't do what you don't know how to do. Um, but then from there, yeah, just really become a student of, of, of mindset leadership, like think think about opportunity, think about growth, think about, I think that same conversation you and I, Mitch, like, you know, when patients say no, like you're hurting them. And and one thing I, you know, I said to my team all the time was, and it's not the same, you know, right. But when people, you know, when people came in, we worked on, like, there are a lot of tears. Like people look at that and say, like, I'm so embarrassed. Like your friend said, I can't, you know, like, I don't go to a at some point, it's like I'm embarrassed, and they're going to judge me, or they did judge me. Like people walk in and say, "Oh, right, like when, when did you get last you get your teeth clean? Like you, they look like hell. Right. They look like hell. Like why do I want to go back to that place, you know? Right. So, so we've scarred people for sure as a profession by just judging them, not intentionally, not maliciously, but nonetheless judge them, um, you know. So, you know, to to figure out how do I help me, how do I help my team get into a place where when patients say yes, that they are helping themselves and not the same thing. But what I'd say to my team is like, for instance, if your husband came home and say, Hey honey, I heard you went to the doctor and say, how'd that go? And then I said, yeah, he said I have prostate cancer. And then they mm-hmm. say, like, Oh, so what are you going to do? Uh, nothing. Said, oh, right. Okay. So just to remind you, you're picking up Billy at soccer and I'm going to go take Susie to dance. Right, and like, life. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you wouldn't do that. Be like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, like, no. no, like, what are you talking about? No. And how come? Why do you, why does the patient say no? And you like, okay, well, we'll see you in six months, but your husband says, right. no, it's because you care for him. Well, you should, right. well, we need to care for these people, not the same way, but the same way. Like, yeah, don't accept that. No, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. You knew why you came here. You knew you had a problem. Am I, have I done something wrong? Have I judged you Have I did anything like that? And if the answer is no, it's you've got to help me understand this, Mrs. Jones, because this, this is going to change your life. If you just listen right. and, uh,
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's definitely changing from, you know, you're asking people to do something for you, then you're helping them. That's what you're a professional That's for. It. So you
1: should exactly right. take that
0: approach. Well, I can't thank you enough. I'm sorry it took us a little while to get together. We had to reschedule a couple oh, of times. No worries.
1: Yeah.
0: We will put a link in the show notes to the book.
1: Awesome.
0: Um, when it comes, is it out yet or not? No, next they said,
1: month? They said the end of October, but to me, that means probably like middle of November. Things just always get pushed okay, out. Okay. Well, the,
0: the podcast will be out in next several months. So when it awesome. comes out, yeah. Put it, Put a link in the show notes. So people can buy the book. And uh, yeah, I appreciate Dave uh-huh. giving me a not only a good conversation about entrepreneurship, but a different view of uh, of the, the dental profession and where it's going today. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Thank you. For your thank time. You for yeah. Me me. Yeah. It's a great show. All right.
0: I'll go to the credits and uh, stick around.
1: Awesome. Sounds good.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Accidental Entrepreneur opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moskovich and made to order music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinecker and produced by Binecker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeineckerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.